We want information. 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 Who are you? The new number two. Who is number one? You are number six. I am not a number. I am a free man. <laughs> It's Wednesday, August 6, 2014, and this is Eric and Ted's Ice Cream Social. I'm Eric. And I'm Ted. So this week, preseason NFL games start to kick into high gear, and so does the social, as Ted and I will talk about some of the happenings around training camps. The good, the bad, and the embarrassing. (laughs) I can't wait, because if you saw the premiere of HBO Hard Knocks, training camp at the Atlanta Falcons, and you saw last year's NFC Free Fall Team of the Year spiral further out of control, as the episode featured... A little bit of football and a whole lot of supposed teammates beating the ever-loving crap out of each other. And in a word, Eric, it was embarrassing. That sounds embarrassing. Well, <laughs> if they were the NFC's free fall team, the AFC's uh, had to be the lowly Texans, as their 2012 campaign saw them take their division with a 12 and 4 record and then fall completely apart in 2013 with a 2 and 14 record. Ted and I will cover both of these teams as we continue our preview of the NFL with a trip down south. We'll explore the AFC and NFC South this week and see if it's still all breeze and luck or if Cam Newton can keep the pressure on with evidently nobody to throw to. (laughs) Excellent. I've actually got to look at their roster a little bit and it's a lot worse than it has been. Mm -hmm. So I have a pretty amazing stat for you. Actually, did you know stat for you? All right, give it to me. All right. Did you know that the last two Super Bowl champions share a remarkable similarity in that they both led the league in defensive penalties. Both of them. Mm. Now, remember a couple of shows back that we talked about Seattle rules Mm. and how the officials are going to keep a closer watch on defensive holding? All right, so those of us who didn't catch it in one of our other podcasts, just a quick recap. Uh, The NFL officials clinic this offseason, they discuss how they need to call the game tighter in the secondary Even though, yes, after setting offensive records in scoring, in yards, in first downs in 2013, the NFL thinks defensive backs are still getting too much leeway when covering receivers, so they're going to call the game even more aggressively than they did last year. Hooray? (laughs) We need to get that fixed. Shut that window. Honest to God. So, in other news, uh, dead spin this week. They released several photographs of Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones in some compromising positions. <laughs> One of them featured Jerry Jones clutching a woman's breast. Another had a woman's face pressed against his possibly surgically enhanced crotch. That and one fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. They're featuring hot dogs at the new Cowboy Stadium. <laughs> uh, and one featured Jones... Um, in a in a lavatory facility with two women, one in the act of using a toilet. <laughs> that sounds like an abstract art piece chronicling the last nineteen years of your Dallas Cowboys existence. No, I can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyhow, all right. Okay. Sorry. Uh, make sure you hit us up on Twitter at Eric and Ted ICS. Visit us on Facebook, Eric and Ted's Ice Cream Social, and check out our website, ericandted.com. Leave a comment, drop us a message. Let's get the conversation going. Put it out there. We'll put it on here. So, Eric, uh, this week a couple of things happened uh, during training camps, and I want to make sure we touch on one of the things, that, uh, uh, particularly with uh, Darrell Rivas. The conversation sort of began this week when uh, the bleach, uh, bleacherreport.com featured a very brief article about the possibility that the Patriots had approached Darrell Rivas about extending him to a longer-term deal prior to the first preseason game. All right, well, why don't you explain that to me? Because they just signed him. So if they just signed him, why would they already be talking about extending him? Well, first thing is, everybody keeps talking about how Darrell Rivas is signed to a one-year deal, one-year deal. He's not. He's actually signed to a two-year deal, but his roster bonus for next year is $12 million. And as we all know, in in the NFL, when a player is approaching a roster bonus... Usually they end up getting cut to save that money. (laughs) So, yeah. Now, interesting that you bring that up because there's a couple of guys that are coming right up on that. Number one, Tom Brady. 
is coming up on not his roster bonus. He's but kind of an untouchable anyhow at this point, I think. I think he is, but next year, I think going into 2015, Tom Brady's like his salary mm-hmm. is going to be nine million dollars. That's all. That's it. Wow, that's like that's like less than half of Joe Flacco money, isn't it? That's <laughs> that is indeed less than half. Of <laughs> I Joe mean, Flacco. that's what we all compare to with elite quarterbacks, Joe Flacco, right? Well, yeah, because he is, of course, right. the most. I mean, elite, he's right? getting paid as such. Well, the and oh my god, and I don't even want to get into the Andy Dalton who <laughs> you know is, who's yeah. marginally better than <laughs> Joe Flacco, right? But um, Logan Mankins, who's one of the highest paid, who's I think the highest paid guard in the NFL, he could be. He's coming up right on his next contract extension too. Another guy you don't want to see necessarily. No, but there was go. an issue with him four, yeah, four or five years ago. No, I think it was a little bit more recently than that. But yeah. It was that uh, he held out for for a little bit. He did, and it it wasn't good for a while. No, and, no uh, it wasn't. And they ended up signing him long term. Uh, Vince Wilfork, obviously, we know what happened yes. with his contract. Mm-hmm. You know, over the course of the last couple of years, so there's definitely precedent set that the Patriots are not into long term. Yeah, it always deals, looks good on paper, money. but when it comes time to uh, put it out there, they take it away. So here's the thing with Darrell uh, Revis's contract: is it's a two year deal. But we're obviously not. We're going to be looking at that twelve million dollar roster bonus that another team created. It would get cut. Yep. So it would be in the Patriots' best interest that they want this guy to hang out. Is to extend him. To extend him. Yep. What do you think of that? Without this guy ever playing it down for this team yet. Well, I mean, his reputation speaks for himself. I mean, speaks for itself. Um, you know, he considers himself to be the best cornerback uh, in the NFL. I haven't seen too many guys that in the current NFL. Sure. I mean, he, he is getting on in age, you know, and there are some, you know, uh, you got Peterson, you got uh, you got uh, mm-hmm. Richard Sherman. Yeah. So you do have some of these young talents that are really starting to come into their own. But at the end of the day, he has proven himself year after year after year. So even, yeah, when he was, even if he's not the best in the league, you got to put him in your top three, don't you? I would think so. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, and even though last year is a, uh, as a little bit of a, a little bit of a problem for him statistically, is because when he was in Tampa, Tampa plays a zone style of defense. So they had the most accomplished, capable cornerback that they could possibly get, and they had him in a zone coverage. So this is a true shutdown, one-on-one, half the field cornerback, and they put him in a zone. And so you, he obviously wasn't able to do his job okay now given that the other thing too is that we know that they're pretty good uh, i almost can't even say this evaluators of talent okay but they also haven't shown that they're good evaluators of talent over the course of the last right for every good evaluation i mean you could point out too that they kind of missed the boat out we went from that era in in new england we went from that ty law lawyer malloy you know that, that Samuel, and right after Tyler, you're right, yep. was Asante Samuel, and when Samuel left, it was draft this guy in the fifth round, draft this guy in the seventh yep. round. Let's plug him in. We'll get it done. Make it work. And, and it hasn't. No, it hasn't. It clearly hasn't. Now they've gone back to what was a winning formula for them in the past. Do you think that they have evaluated him enough at this point through OTAs? through his workout with the team from Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean the Redskins? Them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Redskins. Yeah. Um, screw you and your smallpox <laughs> infected <laughs> blankets. Um, given what they probably have evaluated already, yep. the word was is that Robert Kraft, doing what he does best, schmoozing, being a businessman, approached Revis personally. Yes, he did. And... Started to glad hand him a little bit, talk to him passively about long term. Hasn't talked to agents, no money's been talked about. Right. To kind of get a feel for him. Well, just to see where he's at, if he's looking as a pit stop or if he wants to hang around uh, New England for a little bit. What do you think of the, of the idea of signing a guy like Darrell Revis long term? Say, no, I think it's a good move. No, I mean, I, th- I think it's a good move. One, obviously, it's going to save them money for that roster bonus or ensure that they'll at least have him for a couple of years so they don't have to cut him. Um, he's again. He's still a productive cornerback, like we just said. I mean, you kind of got to put him in your top three. Mm-hmm. So, at this stage, with all their misses in the cornerback spot over the years, why not? Why not sign him to a three-year extension, or do a four-year with backloaded guaranteed money up? Yeah, that kind you know, of thing. and that way, that way, you're not worrying about big roster bonuses or other big incentive bonuses in the first two or three years of his contract. Worry about that after. So you can get two, three seasons of solid 
production without you know coming across that part of the contract where that makes you start thinking that you can release them because there's nothing guaranteed no in the okay. nfl so it might not be a bad idea now browner being his counterpart yes on the other side of the field i hate to give this credit but the credit is due p carroll doesn't want him does it look to you like the patriots are trying to rep well i wouldn't say they didn't want him okay they so- have enough they have enough talent they didn't need him they didn't need him. And, I mean, he's not exactly a, a model citizen. So when you already have young, talented people to fill that spot and you're in P. Carroll's position, you you really you could afford to lose him. I think it was more you can afford to lose him than we don't want you. Okay. Now, do you see what – do you feel like what you're seeing right now is what the Patriots are trying to replicate? And we just talked about in our open. Mm-hmm. We just – recognized and we found out this week the last two Super Bowl champions the Baltimore Ravens and the Seattle Seahawks were the most penalized defenses in the NFL that means they have aggressive defenses that aren't concerned about giving up that you know 35 yard you know automatic first down you know that big play that big penalty yeah because if they keep playing the way they're playing, more often than not, they're going to be the ones either breaking up the passes or the passes is going to be thrown that way. So more often than not, the team's not going to get in that position and score. So you know what? If for every 10 of those they give up a penalty, that's fine. I think one of the things that's understated in a little bit of that is if they're not afraid of the um, hitting the defenseless receiver of 15 yards for holding uh, defensive <coughs> holding, five-yard penalty, automatic first down, the 35-yard, bomb it up, and try to get the pass yep. interference call. I think one of the things that's, that's a peripheral that runs just right next to that is you frustrate the hell out of wide receivers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, wide receivers are very temperamental. You can even say prima donna. Yep. And you can get in their heads so easy. Yeah. And and you see it when you start seeing that little slap fight. Yep. You know that happens. Oh um, yeah. You know that f- pure frustration. And I don't care how good you are from from a first year player to a veteran as a receiver, you get frustrated with that. And if you, and if you let it get in your head, that's going to affect your play. You're going to start doing stuff that's uncharacteristic, and you're going to make mistakes. When we talked about that's when, how Richard Sherman is successful I, I, and Seattle is successful. I was just going to say when we talked about the NFC West, and we were talking about how good the 49ers are, and it doesn't matter. Yep, because, because they're in their head. And Seattle is, uh, is so far into their head. Yep. Michael Crabtree, he can't go to the <laughs> bathroom <laughs> in a public building in yeah. Seattle well, without Jim thinking Richard sure, Sherman's going to pop around a corner. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to wet myself. <laughs> I'm going to wet myself in this place. He yeah. couldn't He couldn't think Space Needle without <laughs> thinking Richard Sherman's going to fall out of his ceiling. Yep. And that's a problem. Yeah. They're not going to be able to get past that unless they blow them out in the playoffs. And it's simply not going to happen. No, it's not happening this year. No, it's not going to happen. Okay? So, now with that, mm-hmm. do you see... What we're just talking about, I think the signs are clear that Bill Belichick is rubbing his hands together and is about to try to replicate that, by the way, which isn't necessarily far from what he had in the, in the early 2000s, Yep, in the aughts. Um, I don't think this is far away from what he had in the aughts. No. Well, what's going to be coming could be very interesting, and people, we're going to keep a close eye on it as it happens. Now, we know Browner is not going to be playing for the first four games. Um, okay. All right. So he's suspended for the first four games of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, first four games: Dolphins, Vikings, Raiders, Chiefs. Okay. Okay. Not exactly all, barn burning, but, you but know, three of those games. on the road too. Yeah, three of those on the road. Um, but I mean, they're not world beaters. Mm-hmm. You know, the Chiefs. You know, solid team, but you know, nobody too scary. All okay. right. Um, I think well, they got Bo. They got Bo over there. Between Bo, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they, subpar year last I, I, year. But. but I think more, more importantly, you're worried about Jamal Charles beating you there. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, you know, him being gone for those first games aren't going to hurt them as much as if they were playing some of the high caliber offenses. Okay. Um, now, when you have Revis, what do you think of? What do you, what do you think of when when you someone says Darrell Revis? Shut down corner. What else? I would lock him up on my best receiver. All right. Revis Island. Revis Island. Revis exactly. Island. That's, that's, the, that's, that's the actual point. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they put you with the uh, put him up against the best wide receiver, and that's it. For three hours, he's going to dog him. Yeah. And he's not doing nothing that mm-hmm. game. So that's what people think. You're going to sign him. That's what he's going to do. But you bring up a point about, do you think maybe they're going to go and try to copy the Seattle model? Well, Seattle didn't do that. 
Seattle played man uh, uh, man on man. They played some zone, mm-hmm. um, uh, but they didn't move around Sherman. Okay, kept him on. Believe the the left side. Okay, okay. Browner on the right. Okay. Um, I think that when Browner comes back against Cincinnati, yeah, against Cincinnati, I, I think that they're AJ going Green. to to leave him over there on the left and have Revis. I mean, on the right and have Revis on the left. And not move them around. So you honestly think, yep. you're saying to me right now, when the Cincinnati Bengals show up in New England mm-hmm. on October 5th for an 8.30 Sunday night game on NBC, A.J. Green is going to line up against Browner. It's a possibility. When you have Darrell Revis on the opposite side of the field lined up against the number two or number three wide receiver? It's a possibility. And I'm going And I'm going to tell you why that's out there. Okay, okay. talk to me. Um... Uh, ben Villain of the of the Boston Globe. Okay, um, he's been following the practices. What he's noticed is that Revis has strictly uh, been lined up on the left side of the field, while Browner has been playing the right side. Okay, so he's comparing. Then now they're trying to you know obviously use words and be clever instead of Revis Island. They're calling it Revis Hemisphere. Hmm. Oh, so okay. shut down a half of the field. Yeah, exactly. Shut down half the field instead of an individual. You know, we don't know if it's going to stay that way, but I mean that's kind of telling. That at this point in training camp, he hasn't been moving around. He hasn't been following the best receiver, even in the the team-on-team scrimmage practices they've been doing. So is it a possibility? Again, we always talk about NFL is a copycat league. See, what I think that we're seeing, and I, I argue against this. And the reason why I'm not I, saying it's right, I'm uh, saying it's out there. It's a possibility. We okay. might see that. So here's here's why I I, I argue against this. Mm-hmm. Number one. Rex Ryan, I think, used Darrell Revis. That's where it came Highly from. Highly successful. That's where that came from. Revis Island, that's how Rex Ryan utilized it. Exactly. You basically were able to put Rex Ryan, put him out against anybody who was going to throw a Randy Moss out there, yep. or you were going to throw, you know, you could throw at the time a, an A.J. Green out an there. A, an A.J. Green, anybody. Marvin Harrison. Ex- exactly. Now, the Jets... Made it to J E S T chest chest no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Jets with Mark Sanchez under center were but able, fumble were able to get to the AFC Championship game hmm. with that team. Yes, okay. I think Darrell Revis and shutting down the number think he one. Had a little, I think he little, he's he's pretty bit. goddamn good. <laughs> pretty goddamn good. <laughs> Tell you that. Yeah, right. So. When you had Darrell Revis able to shut down uh, the number one wide receiver, great. Yeah. Number one wide receiver is not going to beat you. Revis is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Number two, the Patriots never show their hand in preseason, ever. See, now that that's a good point. See, I would, I would, I'd almost lean to that as the argument to to what I've been seeing, what and what Ben Valin has been saying is is they never show their hand. Yeah, Dan. So Hans they is, might just say, you know what, stay where you are. Why would we give up? Or, or you know, give out more than than what we than what we should. Yeah, and Dan Hansis from NFL.com, who actually wrote a, a companion piece almost to this to the Boston article you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, even mentions this exactly as well. And talking about wow, you know, hey, nobody's bringing up the fact that whenever has Bill Belichick shown you everything that he's doing. Yeah. And he's got a wily veteran who still is really? at the peak of his skills. <laughs> And he's going to show... Is he at his peak or is he on his downslope? Even if he's at a downslope, he's still 60% he's still better than, yeah. le- than Your most of the corners corner. yeah. in the okay. league. So even at that level, then Bill Belichick has Aqib Tlaib last year. What does he do with Aqib Tlaib? Locks up one-on-one with everybody's number one receiver. Mm-hmm. Aqib Tlaib gets hurt in the AFC Championship game. And they lose. And they get throttled. Yes. Okay? I don't see this happening ever. But it still worked for Seahawks. Who's it's the best cornerback on the Seahawks? Richard Sherman. Okay. Who else plays in this in the Seahawks secondary? The Seahawks have two solid corners across the board. Browner's they, a solid corner. That's great. Browner comes back after four weeks. So do you think in the first four weeks of the season, where do you think Revis is going to be? Wherever the best wide receiver is. Great. Number one, we already have our point proven. Or my point, my point, uh, you're making yeah, my make point. point. My point's already proven. First four weeks of the season, Revis is all over the field. Yeah. Now, when Revis comes back in week five, mm-hmm. do you think they're going to trust the first week of the season that Brown is playing? Mm-hmm. You think they're going to put him on A.J. Green? 
No, it's an inter- No, I mean uh, the, you can't. You, you know, I mean, and I don't know if it's just because strictly matchup deal. I mean, the fifth game, the, the game that he happens to be coming back at, you're going to be facing a top three wide receiver in the league. In the at so, least in I the mean, AFC. What you, I mean, what I mean, what can you do? You have to put Revis on him now. But then again, again, Revis isn't young. AJ is very fast. Uh, correct. And Browner is not, he's not very young, fast, yeah, and, and he's, he's not, not very, very young. young. <laughs> so, so right, yeah, you're putting Revis on on AJ Green now. But could we see it? Could we see it against the Bills and the Jets? Yeah, possibly against the Bears and the Broncos. Well, Bears with one of eight, the best nine. Uh, wide receiving core. the two best wide yep. receiver cores right there with guys that are going to be able to put up no. 400 yards of the game. No, no. And so no. the Revis Hemisphere idea. When the rubber hits the road. You can't put... If Revis is going to be on the top wide receiver, you're not going to take that chance. Yeah. I, I absolutely see your point. But I think he's just... I think this year he's going to be a little bit more mobile than in other teams that he's been on. Oh, well, then you think that he'll go back to, as I'm contending, I think Bill Belichick is going to use him much more in the Rex Ryan role, mm-hmm. much, much more than Pete Carroll... Is using yep. Richard Sherman and right. Richard Sherman. I think it might be a little bit of a hybrid, but I believe yes. More often than not, if it's a top five, maybe top ten wide receiver, uh, Revis is going to be on him. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to preview the AFC and the NFC South. Ooh, that sounds some, depressing. No, it's not actually because there's some. You going to really tell me why? Th- I'm going to tell you Stay why when we get back. That. There's going to be some real <laughs> fun teams to watch. There's going to be some real fun teams to make fun of. And I got a sleeper running back for you that I think could win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Oh, I can't wait, man. Let's make sure we play like the fucking New York Jets and not some fucking slapdick team. That's what I want to see tomorrow. Do we understand what the fuck I want to see tomorrow? Let's go to eat a goddamn snack. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And to come right on back to the Ice Cream Social with Eric and Ted. I'm Eric. And I'm still Ted. All right, so we're going to hop right in. We're going we're gonna to hit the AFC South. All right, you take us in. Okay, so street cap last year. Mm-hmm. Who do you think won the division? I'm going to give you four choices. <laughs> This is softball, right? This is softball. <laughs> the Colts. Okay. Hold on, there's more. Okay. Wait, there's not. I don't think Okay, yeah, so it's going to begin and end with the Colts, and that's going to be the same thing this year. So the Colts <laughs> win 11-5 and five last year, won the division, and nobody else was above 500. Well, talk to me about everybody else in the division. Well, you got the Tennessee bit. Titans, 7-9. Right. and nine. New head coach. New head coach. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars, 4-12. and 12. New head coach. Oh. And the Houston Texans, two and fourteen. And guess what? New head coach. New head coach. I think I'm sensing a pattern. Actually, with uh, the one team that uh, the Houston Texans, when you have a new head coach there, it is Bill, it is Bill O'Brien. It is Billy O'Brien. Yep. Um, from Pat's fame, and and the the guy that did come in after Joe Paterno. Yep. At Penn State. Yes. And tough act to follow. Yeah. <laughs> well, and forget about the tough act to follow. You know, with all of that baggage. Yeah. But he was able to competently recruit. Given yeah. the circumstances, that's a tall order. Sure. Um, returned them to some measure of competitiveness and prominence. Um, and I have to tell you, this guy, his own personal life, um, his, his son has a real serious illness. He's dealt with a lot of things in his personal life. As a professional, he's a dynamite guy. I think if anybody has a resurgence, in spite of the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick is your starting quarterback... <laughs> You know, the howitzer from Harvard. Mm-hmm. But that being said, how do you argue with Andrew Luck? Well, uh, well we're going to stick with the Texans. Okay. Okay, let's break it down. All right. So the Texans have um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, as you just said. Arian Foster, still a force. I mean, he, he, is he? Well, he had one bad year. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing to suggest that he can't come back and, and have a good solid year this year. We've seen his potential. So... 
they, they still have him. There was a little bit about Foster this year where in the offseason, now he lost his backup, uh, Ben Tate, who is now in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And there was a little bit of talk during the offseason that Foster was considered retiring. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Th- with that, see, when you're coming off of a little bit of an... In- that was a little in- crybaby episode. I, that's what I think that was coming from. But think about the mentality that it takes to be an Arian Foster-style running back, an Earl Campbell. Yeah, well, I mean, he always felt jaded, so yeah, he always had that attitude. Even that, yeah. as an undrafted player out of Tennessee, mm-hmm. um, anytime you get a guy who starts talking about retirement mm-hmm. after his team fell off a cliff, the entire organization basically collapsed from 2012 to 2013. Absolutely. After getting curb stomped in New England 12 twice. And four. I mean, 12-4 and four to 2-14. Two and, two, two two and and 14. 14. That's yeah. sad. How, and then he starts talking about uh, retirement. This is, has all the earmarks of a guy that they got to think about replacing right away. Yeah. No, I can see that. But say he gets his act together, okay? okay. Right. And um, we just ask Ryan Fitzpatrick to not lose the game. That's it. Just manage it a little bit. Just don't lose it for us. Okay. So they got a running back. Say he, he performs. Okay. They got Jadavian Clowney. Mm-hmm. They still have J.J. Watt. Correct. Okay. So what is the ceiling for this team this year? Their ceiling is the quote-unquote fun-to-watch team. Okay. Do they break 500? They Remember they get, were twelve and four just two years ago. They flirt with five hundred. They 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 flirt with five hundred. Maybe um, that you're asking a lot for Ryan Fitzpatrick to bring you back. I mean, he showed flashes of some talent in Buffalo. Flashes of some talent. Which, Does that qualify? That I don't think anything. <laughs> when you have the ending of your sentence in Buffalo, it simply doesn't qualify for anything. Just negates it. Yeah, right off it the does. Bat. It does. Okay. All right. I got it. Yeah. Sure. Fine. Oh, yeah. I, I. I apologize. So, so but, yeah, you know it is what it is. So yeah. we're not having him really doing anything special. The one thing that he does have, we know that Ryan Fitzpatrick has that deep ball. Yes, he okay. does. He can throw a deep. He's got. Who does he have as a number one wide receiver? Yeah, he's got uh, Andre Johnson. Exactly. Yep. And so Andre Johnson, Arian Foster. On paper, that was your fantasy team a couple of years ago. It was. Uh, hey, thank you. So, so, and then you have the the JJ uh, Watt and, and Clowney on your defensive line. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? It it does. And with Bill O'Brien, that that's why I say. If anybody fun to watch, that's fun to watch. Anybody makes watch a little team. noise, okay, it's them. All right. What about the Jaguars? The the, the most who cares Jaguars? the most amazing statistic I saw this year about the Jaguars that they're going to be the future London team. <laughs> oh my God! I, I, the, I mean, that, really, that's where it's going to end up. I, I, that's actually kind of a bummer. Like, I can you imagine the just the travel logistics alone for NFL teams to have to play. Six games, eight games yeah, a year you, in London. Yeah, that's insane. That's just ridiculous. Right. It's just such a waste. I'm, you're trying to grow the NFL. Like, I mean, isn't enough enough? I mean, isn't it big enough? How about we grow to LA? <laughs> oh, like how about we? Oh, grow what do you mean? The they biggest... don't have a team. They don't have a team in one of the biggest in the biggest TV market in the country. Really? They, yeah, they don't have one. Like, how about we grow uh, well, that's there? Interesting. But um, when we uh, when we talk about Jacksonville, the um, when you have a, a opposing t- teams visit a stadium. Uh, tickets sales um, on the secondary market. Well, they got pools there now. Did you hear that? Oh. <laughs> they got swimming pools. Because you know why? Because they know you're not watching the game. I'm not joking. Well, they, they put sharks in them so the actual fans can, can kill themselves in the, the most dramatic way no, possible. Half time. I yeah. like that. That's, um, that's classy. But they actually had this thing about uh, secondary ticket sales with the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And when the Jaguars show up at your stadium, your ticket prices fall. By like twenty five percent, I can see that, and it's it's remarkable how few people want to see the Jaguars. And this actually, the the market in their own stadium is mm. falling so dramatically that you literally could have a stripper on every seat as your advertising campaign, and you'd still be in bad shape. You have walk; it's the only stadium in the NFL where you have ga- day of game walk up tickets available. Yep, it's really a bad scene. Well, there. it's a, it's a huge town. Huge, but only have 1.3 million population. Okay. I mean, that's very small 
compared to, to a, a small city that, that has three or four times the amount of people in it. Oh, are you talking about square miles? Yeah, oh, yeah, no, oh. yeah that's what I'm saying. I mean, okay. Jacksonville's huge. Oh, so the geography yes. in and of itself is a yes, big area. exactly. Okay. You would think that, I mean, it's a big land mass. We'll, okay. we'll go with that, but again, only 1.3 million people, mm-hmm. and how many of those can really care about the Jaguars? Well, we know that what's the number one thing in Florida as far as football is concerned is college football. I was going to say the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I... I Almost wish I had the Miami Dolphins theme song queued up and ready to Next go. Next time. <laughs> when we head east. Yeah. Um, but again, they're the literally the also rans of the entire NFL for They got Chad Henney. Oh, God. Are you going down that road again? Um, do. Or, hey, Blake Bortles. First want, quarterback picked. Do you, want to, do you want to keep going? He must be great. He must be. He must be. They never They never screw up their draft. They don't miss. The Jags, one thing they don't do is they don't (laughs) miss, man, I tell you. And with Toby Gerhardt, are you kidding me? This team, man, you're telling me they can't contend with Indianapolis? Is Justin Blackman playing this year? I think he's gone for the year. Is MJD playing this year? Who? Oh, uh, see? Do <laughs> you mean the Raiders? I told you, they, they, got, they got Toby, man. So They don't need MJD. They got Chet Henney. They don't need a bona fide quarterback. Okay, so enough. Uh, we've we've already spent more time on Jacksonville Jaguars than the entire like sports radio in Jacksonville All right, so, would have. So I guess what our point is they're going to suck. Yeah, if they win three games this year, it'll be miraculous, and they'll all be on the road. On the road? Yeah. <laughs> just, just pulling something out of there. Yeah, yeah. just get out of our own stadium. <laughs> okay, well. All right, so we'll move on from them. They are still going to suck. So they're they're the basement team. Yeah, they're the basement team. Um, then we'll go with the Tennessee Titans. Mm. Jake Locker, who I have confidence in his ability as a quarterback. Okay, who's our head coach there? Uh, head coach is Ken Weisenhunt. Ken Weisenhunt, who in his I think it was his first or second year as the head coach of the yeah, uh, two thousand eight of the Arizona the Cardinals. Yep. He was able to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, get to the Super Bowl. I didn't mean like yeah. That. He well, and he spent six years there as a head coach. This guy, this guy's got a pedigree. He's a winner. I think he's got the right attitude to come to that team. Sure, three years away, maybe. You know, they they he needs to he needs to three install. years away from being relevant. Yeah, and I'm not saying well that right. division's <laughs> that division's in a lot of trouble for for at a least very a long time. Yeah, for at least a decade. What you just saw happen for the last 14 years in the mm-hmm. AFC East with Tom Brady being there, okay, is exactly the same thing that you're going to see in the South. I can see that. I can't argue with that point. Um, but see, this is the team that I'm going to label the fun to watch team. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why. Obviously, like you just said, Jake Locker, you like you like his capability, I like, you like his yeah. upside. You know, he's got a, he's talented. He's got a good arm. You know how I, I when I talk about quarterbacks, I always say like if I was building a quarterback is my right the, my thing. Mm-hmm. He's real close. Okay. To the style of quarterback yeah. I like to see out there. Okay. So so you got him. So so he's going to be fun to watch. He's mm-hmm. going to make some plays. Now, they got Sean Green. Yeah. Right now, they have him plugged in as a number one. But even mm-hmm. the coach, the head coach said he's only number one because somebody has to be put there right now. Somebody has to he's be He's a put. place marker right, right He's now. a place yeah. marker. He is not necessarily the starter. Now, I believe that they're going to ultimately be starting um, rookie running back Washington Huskies. Okay. Bishop Sankey. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. Um, set, uh, set Huskies record last year. With, uh, I think it was 1800, 18, 1870, 1870 yards, beating Corey Dillon's record from 96 uh, by 200 Pac-10 yards. Pac 10 team? Um, yeah. 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 Okay. yeah Pac team. Uh, Pac 10. 5'9, um, mm-hmm. 209 pounds. Oh, uh, like I said, he's, he's, he broke records uh, this past year. He scored a touchdown in every single game. He's fast. He's elusive. He's got great balance. He's going to be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Okay. This kid. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people that maybe don't pay attention to the Pac-10. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's going to be the starter. I think he's going to ultimately be, like I said in the lead-in, the uh, offensive rookie uh, of the year this year. That's, yeah. that's my call. Okay. And uh, so that's why, for me, they're, they're my fun team to watch this year. Now, one of the things that Wizenhunt had when he, when he got to uh, Arizona is that he brought in, now if you recall, we have Matt Leinard there. <laughs> he brought in uh, Kurt Warner. Yeah. And Kurt Warner acted almost like another coach on the field. Of course. Which is great. You know, uh, absolutely. With Player you, coaches are fantastic. Yeah, you, seriously. <laughs> that's what you get with a veteran. And that's what you get with a guy, particularly a guy who's, who's, who's done it. He's got a pedigree. And did it out of his 
you know, extended age. Yeah, you I know, mean, those were his best years. They were. That I would. Well, yeah. Well, in I, his older age, I don't mean in Arizona. Well, yeah, because he did go right through that. Like he had that era when he was with the Giants, and it didn't go well no, for him at the Giants. Well and it was like a rebirth. And like to, for me to mm. even say the words "rebirth" to a, about a born again guy is oh, oh, yeah. yeah, sorry, <laughs> sweet irony. <laughs> <laughs> um, but having Ken Wisenhunt, having him, and having uh, Larry Fitzgerald mm-hmm. out there. Um, big, okay. Now this is Ken Wisenhunt's first time with real young quarterback, yep. a brand new running back, brand new system. He's putting in his yep. system with youth. I really can't wait to see how he does this because this is a guy I admire. This is a guy I would want coaching my team. I just hope to see. I just look forward to seeing how he does it with kids. Well, I mean that no, that's a great point because that's what he does. He, he has kids. They're fast. They're young. Um, let's hope they're hungry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Seriously, know, you know, let's get a damn snack. Yeah, but um, but no, I, I that's why I, I'm picking them as my fun team to watch. Do they make the playoffs? No, they don't make the playoffs. They cause a little trouble for a couple of teams here mm-hmm. and there. Um, and but I, I think the uh, I think they're going to be the second place team in this division. So then we land squarely on our division winner, division winner, Indianapolis Colts. Clearly. There's just no, uh, there's no counting the ceiling on Andrew Luck. No, uh, do, doesn't he look like a polished pro? He looked like a polished pro in his rookie in year. week two of his rookie year. He did, and so he's the real deal. Yeah, he's not always going to have that crazy flashy game and 400 yards. That he's not going to always have that game, but he's gonna he's gonna make that come the comebacks. He's going to manage the game. He's going to make the accurate throws, and he's going to lead the team. The kid's a leader. As a rookie, as a rookie, he had seven fourth-quarter comeback yeah. wins. Yeah. Seven. It was incredibly frustrating. There are some guys who have 10 years in the league who yep. don't have seven comeback wins. Yep. Okay? Did it he, against the Patriots. He, seven. Okay? So this guy, coming out of college... He's something special. Yes, he is. He gets into his program. He's got Jim Caldwell as his head coach in his first year. I think it was Coach Pagnano was uh, in cancer treatment. Yeah, yeah. And but now he, Pagano's full-time. He's healthy. God bless him. And he's picked up right where he left off. Now, does this team, do the Colts have th- what it takes this year to get past the Revis Brady Patriots and the Tlaib Manning Welker, Welker, Thomas, Thomas, yeah, um, Broncos. Well, I think that, you know what, a big part of that's going to be, and we're going to have to see it bear out, Mm -hmm. is what their running back back situation is going to unfold. They have Trent Richardson on my Bradshaw. Trent Richardson was a colossal disappointment. Huge. Um, I don't know how many people saw that coming. The total and utter lack of production. You know, everybody thought the Browns were giving up and throwing in the towel. They pick him up. Oh, that's going to be a good compliment for Luck. It flopped. Not yet. I, I didn't understand. Now he's, you know, throwing out quotes and he's, you know, a lot of bravado right now saying that he's going to, to turn it around this year. He's going to be a main focus of the offense. I hope so for, you know, for, for that organization's sake. Because that's what it's going to take to put him over the top. Because we've already seen what Andrew Luck can do. But he needs that running back. Who else do they have at the running back spot? Well, I'm on my Bradshaw. Uh, does he have enough? Well, does he have enough tread left on the tires? Not, like, no, not to be a starter. Their starter is Richardson. Period. Okay, that's it. All right. So you have um, You have Trent Richardson as their day one starter. Yep, their day one starter, and Bradshaw is going to be their, you know, their third down back or their short yardage back or the change of pace. I think their biggest signing so far in this offseason, and I think the one of the AFC comeback players of the year for me, Go ahead. is going to be Hakeem Nix, who okay. had a real dip when he was with the Giants last. You know, yeah. the, his his final seasons with the Giants yeah. definitely fell off. Yeah, left a lot to be desired. Exactly, but you have T. Y. Hilton, you have still have Reggie Wayne. T. Y. Don't call me Ty Hilton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you, I, I I'm sitting here looking at Nix, thinking to myself, what a what a ton of pressure he takes off of Hilton, and what sure. a target for Andrew Luck. Yeah, big target, and Andrew Luck's accurate. He's going to hit him right in the hands. And he's not afraid to go over the middle of the field. He he's, doesn't have the alligator arms. Yeah. Pull him back. And, and he's, <laughs> he's a powerhouse. Yeah. So this is starting to look like 
boy, this is starting to look like we are a team that's about, coming together. Yeah, yep. this is a team that's really starting to come together. Yep. And I would, if you said to me today, would you want Tom Brady going into the season or would you want Andrew Luck going into the season? There is absolutely no doubt in my mind I'd want Andrew Luck going into the season. Really? Yep. With all the upside that he's got, this guy is not even close to his ceiling. He's not even on the second floor so, of the house. So you yet. would, so you think uh, Andrew Luck would perform better with the Patriots roster than Tom Brady's going to perform with them this year? Knowing is that, that I, stance? knowing that I have, knowing that I have another decade. No, no. Right now, game one starter. You have the Patriots personnel and all their players, but Tom Brady. But, but then the world blows up at the end of the season. Like is that like I only have one year to pick? Yeah, you just said see Yeah, year, like right, right now game one okay. starter. Then let me you'd, let me you'd pick him over over Tom Brady. You said that. Yeah. Meaning I have a twenty five year old quarterback okay. versus a thirty eight year old quarterback. Yes or no? Yeah. You you take because, Andrew Luck on the Patriots over Tom Brady. Because in four years I don't even have a thirty year old quarterback yet. Okay. But we're talking game one. Yes. Because now I get to keep him. And then in four years, I now don't even have a 30-year-old quarterback yet. He's still Andrew Luck. Okay. So he's okay. going to perform better than Tom Brady. Yes. Ultimately, okay. by the hey, end, of, by the end of Andrew Luck's career. Okay, he's going to have better numbers than Tom Brady. He will have better numbers than Tom Brady. Hmm. I don't know if he'll have the number of Super Bowls hmm. that Tom Brady has, but Andrew Luck. He's going to have more touchdowns, more passing yards. Yes. Less interceptions. Yes. He'll have a better completion percentage or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or... If not all of those statistical mm-hmm. categories covered, mm-hmm. he will definitely be in the conversation of in the last 25 years, mm-hmm. was it Brady or Manning? No. It'll be, was it Brady, Manning, or Luck? And, and you're going to say Luck. I, I, will, I will say right now that I think that I'm going to end up saying You Andrew heard Luck. it here first. Andrew Luck is the best quarterback I've ever seen. Wow. At this age? Excuse me one sec while I vomit. <clears throat> All right, let's go to the uh, NFC South. <laughs> He's the best quarterback I've ever seen. <laughs> Last year, the NFC South. We had, oh, my God. I don't even have enough time in this segment to argue with you. Let's continue. Well, I, well, how many other quarterbacks at the age of 24 or 25? You just said he's the best quarterback you've ever seen. At the age of 25. Okay. He's the best quarterback I've ever seen. Was, was better at the age of 25 than Andrew Luck is. No, he wasn't. You're insane. No, he wasn't. Yeah, yeah he was. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. Okay, we let's, <laughs> NFC South. <laughs> This is why we do this. <laughs> so <laughs> we're gonna have to do a whole hour segment of just just on quarterbacks. On arguing we're gonna on quarterbacks. Do it. All, right. All right, it's a plan. Seriously, we'll hash it out then. Uh, to be continued. All right, and honest. Okay, t- definitely. Yeah, we'll and get our stats in order. We'll come at each other. Uh, oh, go, go oh, I can't wait for I it. I'm gonna drill you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, NFC South time. NFC South. When we start off at the NFC South, we had the surprise winner of the yeah, NFC South Carolina last year, Panthers. Carolina Panthers. We also have Drew Brees at eleven and five made the wild card, and then <laughs> wow, wow! <laughs> As you talked about in the open, the uh, embarrassing Atlanta Falcons and Tampa Bay both finished. But we know they're embarrassing. Matter of fact, it's even more embarrassing for the Falcons that they finished with the same record as the uh, as Tampa Bay. Yeah, seriously, That's sad. You know, here was the thing that you know about Atlanta. And, you know, last night I talked about it in the open. Yeah. Um, last year, we two years ago we had Atlanta. Losing to San Francisco in the NFC Championship yeah, game. Yeah. Okay. And San Francisco eventually lost in the Super Bowl to uh, Baltimore. Yep. Now, you took an NFC Championship game appearance and turned that into. And, you know, coming out of retirement. Uh, Tony Gonzalez. Yes. The, coming the out of retirement because it was so close, right? Yep. And I'm going to get it, to my Super that's Bowl. That's right. And, no, I'm going to come back one more year. Yeah. How'd that How'd work that out work for out you, Tony? <laughs> That's such so, a, way to, a bad way to end a career. I know, man. Can you imagine? Mm, I mean, I'm sure he didn't see that coming. Just like it's like how Dan Marino's career ended. No, it's not. No, it's, no, it's not. No. So Atlanta finishes four and twelve. <laughs> I hate you. Now <laughs> I know you do. So last yes. night, one of the things that was featured on the show early on, Hard Knocks, on on HBO's Hard Knocks training camp with the Atlanta Falcons. Bum, bum, bum. They had a an interview, a radio interview with uh, Arthur Blank, the uh, um, president, CEO, owner of the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. In this radio interview, he brought back a point uh, from last year in a game against the Saints. Early in the game, it was an early in the season, first or second week. Matt Ryan slid um, after running out of the pocket. Yeah, slid, you know, feet down the whole nine. Took a hit. Took a hit. Referee threw a penalty flag. They were sure there must have been a little scuffle right okay so now say 
Tom I mean, Brady. That's what happened. Right. Okay. Tom Brady takes a late hit. What, what happens? What do you think Logan Mankin's going to do? Yeah, exactly. Put a hand in his jaw, get in there. There's always a tussle. What do you think happens if Andrew Luck slides, you know, boom? You know oh, yeah. that there's going to be four guys from his offensive line down yep. there feeding All that guy's lunch. pounds of them. Each one of them is exactly. going to be in their face. Absolutely. Matt Ryan slides, do? gets hit. The only thing his offensive line does is put their hand out, yep. off him her hand to pick him up. And that says a lot. That's a statement. Yeah. Yep. That there's something fundamentally wrong with yep. this team. Yep. The, it was a precursor. Apparently the answer that the Atlanta Falcons showed us in the first episode of Hard Knocks last night is that they are just simply going to beat the ever-loving crap out of each, each other. other. Yeah. It was seriously the most embarrassing hour of television I'd ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to just explain a little bit more. I mean, I didn't watch I didn't get to watch it last night. Yeah, I, well... How, on, how, how embarrassing was it? There could not have been 10 consecutive minutes of this show that went by without seeing a violent altercation between teammates. That not we've only scuffles. I mean, no, we've seen scuffles. These were violent altercations where they didn't get broken up. On the contrary, they turned into virtual gang fights. Uh, and I'm not. And I'm, by the way, this isn't West Side Sorry gang fights. These were like brawls amongst teammates. Amongst teammates. Now, granted, offense versus defense, and you're going to have those things. I got You'll that have scuffles. You had rookies showing up, six, seven, eight-year veterans, getting in their faces, slapping veterans in the face with no Get out of repercussions. Here. Get out of here. Yeah. Where, where was the coach? I can not imagine because they, there were no coaches in there blowing the whistles, manager, breaking them up. The anything, general, any comment on it? Head coach and the general manager seemed to like the spirit of the, converse, of the, well, of the wait, conflict. So, so wait, so he was there. He saw what happened. So he's referring to these... Physical altercations and, and, and punching and brawls as spirit? There was one brawl that took place between an offensive lineman and a, uh, a rookie linebacker. This offensive lineman... A rookie linebacker. A rookie linebacker who, by it. the way, threw a late hit and called this offensive, line, offensive lineman out. This offensive lineman went up and just absolutely tooled this kid. Not one, two, three, four punches, but... A solid seven, eight blows to this kid's head. You think he got the lesson? Did he? I mean, no. Not only did he not get the lesson, he ends up in his in his static interview later on in inside the facility, calling out this off. I've I've had worse. Like the, this kind of thing means nothing to me. Da, 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 da. This is the type of dysfunction that this team is about to go through. If you thought four and twelve was the basement for this team, wait. Because this is going to suck. This is going to be terrible. By the so way, I'm sitting here, Sam. I'm an Atlantic Fal- uh, Fal- Atlanta Falcons fan. And what you- do I have to look forward to? I mean, I got Matt Ryan, Roddy White, Jones. What do I... I mean, I must... I got to be looking forward to a good year, right? You know what? You're not looking forward to a good year, and you don't know what to think after you watched last night. That's- You're hoping against hope. That somebody steps up and acts like a leader on that team. Because Who Matt is the leader. It's not Matt Ryan. Wasn't Matt Ryan. And I like that guy. So do I. I'm a I, Boston College guy. I walked into that. I like I, our locals. I sat, down to, I sat down at 10 o'clock last night to watch that show thinking, I, I don't like the Bengals. I don't like the Jets. I, you passively root for the Dolphins. Passively root for, for the sake. Dolphins. Exactly. You know I like the Cowboys. But they don't really yeah, count. No. But I sat down. and A couple of years ago, I watched the Jets on, on Hard Knocks. I end up liking three or four of the players. Right, now, again, just to be clear, we hate the Jets. With every fabric of my being. Hate the Jets. Hate them. But, but, he, but Ted is absolutely right. We, we watch that in a bubble, and we're like, and you almost... You don't almost want them? to, but you wanted to. You, you saw Rex Ryan, who you hate, and you vilify, and you're like, damn, I'd play for that guy. Yeah, we, we we played him on our intro. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a character. He, and at least he is honest. He's in your face. He tells you exactly what he feels. you got to respect him for that. What we're seeing here with the Falcons, on the other hand. Defense expectations. Hey, guys, we don't have Revis in this building right now. Does it matter that Revis is not here? God damn, he's pretty fucking good. Right there. That's that's, that's what I'm talking that's what good. I'm talking about. That's the moment. That's what I'm talking about. Because any other coach is gonna say it doesn't we matter. Don't, he, he don't matter where you know, another guy steps up. 
No. Nope. But he's stuck. You hear that pause? He's pretty fucking <laughs> he's pretty good. good. He's pretty good. And that's the kind of thing that, like, you ended up not necessarily even rooting for but, Rex but, Ryan. Well, he becomes likable. Exactly. And then you had guys like John I hate Connor. That, by the no, way. but you know, you had guys it's like John true. Connor, who, who was the fullback on that team. And I'll even Bart Scott. I couldn't stand Bart Scott. Yeah. Okay. But you watched him on that thing. <laughs> and you watched some of these players on this team. And remember, that was. That was the year that Revis was holding out. Yes. And they kept having yeah, those quiet yeah. private meetings yeah. with Revis on the side and all this other stuff. Yeah. And Great soundbite, by the way. And <laughs> we were sitting there, and we were watching this, and we were fascinated. What I watched last night was an embarrassment. This is a National Football League franchise. A franchise to the, to the NFL. This is a billion-dollar franchise that had a new stadium built in the 90s, and now 20 years later is having another new stadium built with with with. With taxpayer money? Oof. And this is what you have to look forward to? These guys can't stay on the field without beating each other up? You had They brought in Mike Tice to, to coach the offensive line. He, Mike Tice, bully? who doesn't go and break the fight up, they mm. brought in Brian Cox. who the, Brian but Cox I, is a coach on this team. And he doesn't get... And, and, oh, man, I'm going to have to watch this. Yeah, you tell me, Brian Cox. Brian who Cox... Couldn't, can, was, his impulse control is nil. N- it doesn't exist. He does, you didn't even see him? You saw him in certain drills, one-on-one drills, all this other stuff. Brian Cox is actually like, you know, condoning this behavior. You get out me. there, Come do on. this. Be aggressive, be tough. That's not aggressive. That's not tough. <clears throat> this is stupid. Yes. And you're watching your team implode on this thing. And I'm, I'm like, this is what, what? Week three, week two into, into training camp? Uh, this was watching a slow-motion car on. wreck. And... I now this was this was reality TV. Yep, that I'm sitting here going now. I can't wait to see what kind of stupid behavior they engage in next. Right, because something else has to be coming around the corner, and it has to be. It's an embarrassment to the team. It's an embarrassment to the NFL. And somebody, well, somebody needs to get called out, and somebody on that team needs to step up. You, it's that's that's pathetic. You need a leader, and you do there hasn't not one individual on that no. team. During that entire show, emerged even like the most infinitesimal sign. Normally, that's where you find that leader, the guy who gets in there, breaks exactly. it up, the and first talks person to everybody. Seen, and that's where the start of it happens. And that didn't happen. And that's a big problem. The one guy who showed any leadership qualities at all was Stephen Jackson. Okay. Now, interestingly well, yeah, enough, but, you know he he was from you know St. Louis. Came from a bad program in St. Louis. Yep. He was hurt last year with a hamstring. Yep. Looking to re- rejuvenate his career. Steven Jackson was a leader among the running backs. And on one scene, it was actually pretty fascinating. He sat down with one of the running backs and said, hey, do you know what? My first carry was a fumble. And the kid looks at him and goes, really? And he says, yeah. He said, I got the ball, and it was a draw. And the middle opened wide up. And, and I started running, and I, oh, my God, all I saw was the end zone. And a guy ran up behind me, hit the ball, and I fumbled. And I walked over to the sidelines, and I thought, well, my next one can't get any worse. And from that point on, football got kind of easy because the worst is... That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. And the other thing that he did was got all the new running backs together and said, at the end of the day, we're all buddies, even though we're competing against each other. you got to support each other that a team wins a championship. Exactly. Not a running back, not a quarterback. A team wins a championship. And it's too bad that the one guy who's shown any leadership on that team is the only guy, was only talking to running backs. Yeah. So so we're going to move on from the pathetic situation embarrassing situation down in atlanta tampa bay um no more shiano man i mean what (laughs) i mean there's really there's really nothing going on in that franchise and as much as i love to talk sports and and to get into teams i mean really what could we say about them that anybody would want to listen to I mean, really, right? That might be like that. That should be a T-shirt for them. <laughs> nobody. What could we say? Nobody wants to listen to it. So let's go to really what this race is going to be about in the in the NFC South. Okay, and that's going to be Carolina. Yeah. Who has no, Cam Newton has nobody to throw to now? Seriously, I mean, LaFell's gone. There's no Steve Smith. Who's in? Who's by the way? He's going to be catching bombs from the best quarterback in the league, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, number one, baby. <laughs> Elite. <laughs> Championship. Championship. Hoshmadoo. <laughs> and the Saints. Hmm. The Saints are gonna win the division. Okay. Um what happens to uh what happens to Cam this year? I think he improves. Every year he's improved 
a little bit more, a little bit more. Except for that sophomore campaign where he kind of did dip. Well, there was the yes, it, all right, he he did dip, but he also had a pretty electric first year, rookie year. Yeah, he did. He looked so, good, yeah. You know, there's always that second year letdown, mm-hmm. but he's been improving his game. He's been maturing, so he's still going to be fun to watch. His passes are getting better. The times that he chooses to run and when to run and get out of bounds, those are becoming better decisions, so therefore less subject to injury. He's just making smarter decisions. So I, I it's like curious as to I'm curious to see how he's going to continue to progress. So you think he's actually becoming a better quarterback yeah, now? Yeah, and a better man. That's a great way to yeah. say it. Yeah. He's becoming a better quarterback yeah. now. Good. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Um, but I just don't think it's going to be enough. I think the Saints have something to prove. Now they throw their chip on their shoulder, you know what I mean, because they didn't win their division last year. They're not used to that. In the Breeze era. Mm-hmm. So they're going to come out. They went 11-5 last year. I got them at 12-4. and four. A flip-flop on yeah, 12-4 I, I got and 11-5. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think Carolina's going to be 11-5. and 10-6. Yeah, 10-6, and six, but I, I think they're going to... I think they're going to get a wild card. So I think you're going to see Carolina in the playoffs. I, You know, interesting. I actually have... Uh, because I have, I have Chicago winning the NFC North, I think that the wild card race, the second wild card spot... Uh, is a is a is a heat between Green Bay and Carolina because I too have see New I have Orleans. the Lions winning the the wild card I I have oh yeah that's I right remember I have the Lions yeah and now I got Carolina I only think one team's coming out of the East because they're all gonna end up at eight and eight yeah well we'll get to that yeah next week. yeah that's gonna be a fun one uh, so yeah and I agree with you but I th- I do think one other thing I want to mention about uh, about New Orleans this year um, I think this is the year that. You're going to start to see the shift, and although we have talked about how much pressure is being put on defenses, okay, yep. I think this is the year that we start to see the NFC in particular, the, the twist on how to deal with the oversized super athlete at tight end. Okay. Jimmy Graham. Yep. Okay. There are teams that are starting. Well, he, you know, it's interesting. He's, you know, if you passively even look at like an auction draft type of cheat sheet type of thing. Yeah. Okay. The number one guy is Jimmy Graham. And then followed by Gronkowski. Yeah. Who's $20 and cheaper. Jim Davis. Uh, sure. Yeah. When you look at a guy like Jimmy Graham, he's overvalued in a lot of places. He's overrated in a lot of places. But there's no denying that this guy is a. He's a top two. He's a specimen. He's a top two tight end. He's a top. I, I have him and Gronkowski one and one a he's when a, he's healthy. He's a top three or four wide receiver. Okay, let's not get into the whole wide receiver tight end. Uh, I spread out more often than I'm in close. I'm, tight end is a tight end, and it, just because it's changed over the last say decade as far as their role, a tight end is still a tight end. With that, I think teams' diagnosis of what to do with a guy like a Jimmy Graham, a Rob Gronkowski is going to start to pivot. Well, they can't put the ends on him. We know that they can't do ends. They can't and, do... And they can't do the line, the outside linebackers. And they can't do the strong safety. Nope. So now you're going to start to look at... line up a cornerback. You have to line up a nickelback. Yep, a nickelback. Yeah, that bring in that third corner. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, that changes the way the dynamics of, of the course. run game and things like that. But it's what you have to do <clears throat> to stop somebody that size and that speed. Exactly. And I think you're going to have to put an actual athlete on these guys yes. now. And I think you're going to start to see those pivots. So it might change some of the way that the, that the Saints end up running their offense. And we'll see how they adjust to that. Exactly. So that will be something that will actually be different to watch. Um, instead of just the plain, oh, well, Breeze is going to be Breeze, and, and they're going to win the amount of games they're going to win and go on to the playoffs, and they'll always be in it. So that's going to be something interesting to watch, to see how the teams adjust to the bigger, faster tight end, you know, after we've seen him for a f- couple of years in a row now. And, uh, and and that'll be fun. That'll be fun to watch. It certainly will. And with that, uh, we are going to leave you with a little bit of a teaser for our Sunday show where we're going to go back to our... Top 10, ten list uh, of I, people that don't have to buy a beer in Boston again. And we're going to end our se- end it with the Boston Bruins. Oh, and I, that's going to be absolutely one of the... Oh, that's, that's going to be epic. <laughs> that's going to be epic. We love our Bruins. We do. And uh, with that, everybody have a great night. Uh, enjoy your Thursday, Friday, and Saturday because we'll be back on Sunday evening. And make sure you check us out at ericandted.com on Facebook at Eric and Ted's Ice Cream Social. And send us a tweet on Twitter, Eric and Ted ICS. Copper comes from Arizona. Peaches come from Georgia, and lobsters come from Maine. The wheat fields are the sweet fields of Nebraska, and Kansas gets bonanzas from the grain. Old whiskey comes from old Kentucky, 
Ain't the country lucky? New Jersey gives us glue. And you, you come from Rhode Island, and little old Rhode Island is famous for you. Cotton comes from Louisiana, gophers from Montana, and spuds from Idaho. They plow land in the cow land of Missouri. Where most beef meant for roast beef seems to grow. Grand canyons come from Colorado. Gold comes from Nevada. Divorces also do. And you, you come from Rhode Island. Little old Rhode Island is famous for you. Pencils come from Pennsylvania. Vests from West Virginia and tents from Tennessee. 